and it took the left leg off me, clear off me below the knee. It dislocated the ankle, shattered the bones in the ankle on the right leg, stripped skin and muscle to the bone on the right leg. And I was left there lying on the yard. It was my 10-year-old son that went down and got his mother and my wife to come up take care of me. And she came into the farmyard. Lucky for me, she was a nurse. And that's what saved my life. Hello, I'm Richard Ryder, and you're listening to My Driving Force, a podcast from the Disabled Drivers Association about what drives people to reach their full goals and achieve their full potential in life. Over the next six podcasts, I will be talking to DDAI members and friends about what their driving force in life is. In this episode, I'm talking to Peter Gorey, a Disabled Drivers board member, and following a horrific farming accident in 2009, Peter has become a disability activist an advocate and someone who is passionate about talking to fellow farmers about health and safety on the farm. Peter lives with his wife, Jean, and four children in Aircourt, which I'm told is in between Portumla and Ballinasloe in County Galway. Hello, Peter. You're very welcome to the podcast. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. Thank you, Richard. Yeah, good to talk to you, Peter. Um, so look, I suppose better place to start than at the start and from the beginning. Um, so can you tell our listeners about the horrific accident that happened to you in October 2009? I suppose it changed your life at the age of 42. I suppose, look, I grew up on a family farm in Aircourt, as you said. Uh, Then I immigrated to America, spent about 10, 11 years working over there, came home, took over the family farm, uh, got very involved in the construction. And uh, next thing, when the boom, you know, when it burst that time in 2008, back farming, uh, 2009, never thought anything had happened to me. And I left uh, an unguarded PTO shaft uh, above on my farm. I pulled out this dive feeder. There was no cover over the power shaft. A power shaft, what it does is it transmits the power from the back of the tractor to the implement you have. So I went down to change hydraulic lines. I stood in beside it. And when I stood in beside it, because I had a pair of overalls on that I cut the waterproof section off, left a small tail. And that tail got sucked in around the power shaft. And what it did was kind of rope effect it made up the overalls. And it took the leg, leg, the left leg off me, clear off me below the knee. And it dislocated the ankle, shattered the bones on the ankle on the right leg, stripped skin and muscle to the bone on the right leg. And I was left there lying on the yard. It was my 10-year-old son that uh, went down and got his mother and my wife to come up, take care of me. And uh, she came into the farmyard. Lucky for me, she was a nurse. And that's what saved my life. And then I suppose the progress after that then was the hospital in Banlaslow. There was good staff on that evening. And then I was transferred to Galway UHG. And there was good staff there. You know, good doctors on that evening, good nurses. You know, so I'm lucky to be alive. I wear a prosthetic leg. I suppose they had to take the uh, uh, knee joint from me because it was looking not being too graphic but there wasn't enough of skin or muscle there to do a flap and they just had to go above the knee if I had the knee joint I reckon I'd be flying but I'm above knee empathy my god absolutely horrific holy goodness yeah that's that's some description all right um, so, and, so and you, and you had to battle. No, 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 no. Look, it gives people a <laughs> yeah, yeah, a picture there of what what actually happened to you. And you're lucky, as you say, to be alive. I think. 
absolutely mother of God. And to, co- to come back from that and to, you know, are you still farming? <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> well, I suppose I tried to get back farming. I tried to get back construction, but I just found the construction was a little bit on the hard side. I was into suckler cows at the time. I was running about 50 suckler cows and uh, that's where we'd be breeding the offspring for, for beef, you know, yeah. I'd be selling them kind of a weanland stage and that. Sure. I just found it kind of got a little bit tough because of the damage it did to the right leg. It wasn't so much the prosthetic, it was just, I couldn't run like, you know, like, and I was slower walking around the farmyard compared to the way it was. Yeah. And, and uh, had you any help? Like, was your, was your son involved or yeah, had you help? the son, yeah, the son, but he was only 10 at the oh, time of the yeah, accident. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, like, and I was always afraid then after that, that I'd uh, push him kind of into the farm and I didn't want that for him Absolutely. or for the rest of the family. You know, there was four in family, yeah. uh, two girls and two lads. And even though the son has great growth, for the farm and I want him to get an education so that when he goes to take over the farm in a few years time hopefully that he'd never come back and say well you made me stay at home you Absolutely. know I'd be better off if I could have went you know like so I want to give him the opportunity that I had there as well you know I sure and so what so, did you did you set it out then I think I, is that I the did, correct well, term I ended up setting it I tried tillage for a while but the west of Ireland wasn't suitable for tillage and there was a few real busy days that you'd have to be all you know hands on deck yeah. and uh, so I just found it easier just to set it. I went back to college in 2014 and I got a degree in health and safety. I suppose a lot of lads that kind of say game or poacher turned gamekeeper, yeah. <laughs> you know. But uh, what I find is when I'm talking to other people, you know, like farmers or construction workers, you know, they have more empathy towards you because you've been there, done that. Exactly. You know, kind of and have the t-shirt. Uh, yeah. And, and come here, I suppose, yeah. you, you like financially then you, you were out working, you didn't have because you weren't farming. And, and um, how did it affect you financially? And I, I presume but, a spe- yeah. prosthetic leg isn't something that's cheap. No. Uh, I suppose, you see, after the accident, um, like I was in hospital, I suppose, for the first three months was inside new UHG. I spent 16 weeks up in Dunleary. The accident happened on the 9th of October. I didn't come back to the farm until, we'd say, the 1st of June, first week of yeah. June that I was really at home. Um, first leg was a pain in the ass, being mm. totally honest yeah. with it, in the sense that it... I didn't feel comfortable with it, walking or anything. I had good neighbors who took care of the farm. And from a financial point of view, I was involved with two banks. And the first bank turned around, the wife called them, and they said, yeah, no problem, we'll take care of them. The second bank says, yeah, he has insurance, but it's no good to him. Why not, she said. Yeah. He has to lose two legs on that policy oh. in order to collect on it. Oh, you my know? God. And, and a blue moon out on the night that it happened, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. 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 Jeez. And, uh, yes. As if so things like, weren't bad that, enough. Yeah. Um, what I found then was kind of, it was tough in talking to the insurance companies because you were always afraid you'd say the wrong thing. Yeah. And kind of to get them kind of to be on your side, kind of to be able to collect. And, uh, you know, like it took a long time fighting, battling with them. And um, as everyone said, look, Pete, you go get a disability pension, you know, like mm. you should be okay on that. And mm. I applied for that, but was rejected on the oh. strength that it was going to be audited. And because I had the farm and because the wife was working, yeah, uh, it was means tested. Over the threshold. Yeah, it was means yeah. tested. Yeah, 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 means tested. And oh. then so I was told then there was an invalidity pension there. And I remember calling up the lady in revenue, you know, like, yeah. and 
I said to her, I said, what's the story with this invalidity pension? Will I qualify and this and that? And she says, no. And I says, why not? Mm. She says, you don't have enough of stamps up because I worked in America. Uh, and I said, everything was I going do? against you. I, <laughs> yeah. I said, what do I do? How do I get this? Yeah. You know, like, and mm. she said, the best thing you could do, she says, is go back to work. Get a job for yourself. Send off the stamps up and then come back to me and we'll give it to you. Wow. I hung up the phone. Oh, my I said, Lord. who the hell is going to employ me, you know, missing the lake? And yeah. So, like, I did find, the, you know, like, uh, a lot of things. It is tough to get back on the employment ladder because I was so long over, you know, like, yeah. and what skills, you know, you're thinking, what skills are you bringing to the table? You know, like, you were missing the leg. The other leg wasn't great. And the time of the accident, I did break the two bones in the left hand as well. Mm. So, you know, you're thinking of all of this. And mm. so, like, the college degree, it did help big time in the sense that they were stuck for safety officers Yes, I was at the bottom of the barrel, so I was plucked out of it, kind yeah. of, you know. The, and at 42 jobs. or 43, like at that stage, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's hard yeah. to get well, back. Probably, yeah, 46, I suppose, it huh. was that time, 47. Okay. Mm. And um, mm. look, it was lucky enough, that, but all the jobs you see, they were in Dublin, they were mad looking for safety officers in Dublin. Yeah. And uh, was lucky then, there was a company there working for DSB, they were subcontracting, reach active, and they got a job with them. They were very good to me um, because I already had done, a, we would say, a safety talk with them and all the lads kind of seen me and, you know, they knew me and I was hired without doing an interview. Come on in straight away. We right. want you, Pete, you know, like. And it was the first piece of luck you had, like, you know. Yeah, you know. you know, like, exactly. And I must say, like, in fairness to all the lads that were brilliant, you know, like, mm. um, because as a safety officer, you know, there's a lot of lads kind of, you know, because you're asking them to do something the safe way, it might be taking a few seconds longer to yeah, do it. Yeah. But the thing about it is they're going home safe tonight. Exactly. And, and that's that's what I wanted to come back to just there on safety in on the farm. I read a statistic there when I was doing a bit of research for this interview that in Ireland, farming accounts for about 4% of the total workforce, but sadly accounts for about 26% of all fatal workplace accidents. Is that right? It is, yeah. You know, unfortunately, that... It, uh, construction was very high and farming is very high. But mm. construction, there's a lot of uh, mechanisms put in place. The Health and Safety Authority, which I'm now working, are mm. trying to help farmers and trying to get them to realize this is in it. Biggest problem we're having is we're having an aging population in the farming sector. Okay. Um, I think it's, is it 57, 58 is the average age out there now right. yeah. of farmers. Yeah, And every four years it's gone up because, uh, you know, there's a lot of youth that don't want to come into the farming. Yeah. It's not an attractive business in the sense that financially it's not it's not great in some of the sectors. So you're kind of living on, which is the post and the check from Europe. And if you don't have all the I's dotted, all the T's crossed, you are at a high chance of losing out then well, some payments, you know, like, and, and inspectors can come out and look at it. Look at everything, you know. yeah. And but yeah. What's, the, what's the biggest piece of health and safety advice that you would give to, to farmers? So Is there one slow, thing? Down slow down and think about what you're doing. Yeah. You know, like, and I suppose, like, the best advice I heard there is, like, uh, you know, it's better to lose a minute in life than to lose your life in a minute. Oh, that's, that's very good. That's powerful, yeah. When you think about you know, that, when you sit sure. back and think about that, that's excellent. Yeah, say that again to me yeah. there, go on. It's better to lose a minute in life 
than to lose your life in a minute. Mm, there you go. And, and you could put that across yeah. a few other things as well, like in a car, when it you're can, driving yeah. a car, yeah. and that kind of stuff. Like exactly. getting, you know, you see people racing ahead of you and t- overtaking you, and then when you get to the next town, there they are, two cars ahead of you. You know, that's just, yeah. I mean, in life, just slow down, yeah. I suppose. It's yeah. a bit of advice. Well, like, there's one thing I always tell the kids, you know, like I do a lot of motivational talks in schools or with in businesses, construction or in the farming. And like, and I'll always show them a picture of switches off on and i always say to them i says look there's thousands millions of switches designed today but there's none designed to turn back time you know like and you know like for the young lads i suppose your young girls you know getting into a car racing down the road and the next thing is they come on a turn you know you don't know who's around that no, corner no no it could be um, yeah, yeah. You know, it could like be a the, farmer moving you, cattle which happened yeah. me years ago myself and you never you know all these type yeah. of things happen it's just yeah in a split second. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. a few years ago, I remember where, you know, <clears throat> where a lad came on a straight stretch of road, there was three or four cars in front of, of him. And what did he do when he go to overtake? Yeah. And the next thing, there was a tractor um, and an implement oh, turning into oh, the field. Jeepers. Yeah. And plowed into it, you know, like, yeah. so, all you over, know, like, all over. you always have to be kind of mindful, always watching the next yep. step in front of you, you know. Absolutely. That was one of the things the accident did bring up to me, kind of, you know, like now you're always foreseeing, kind of trying to foresee what's around the next corner. Yeah. You know, and And you're involved, you're involved in an organization called Embrace Farm. Can you tell me and the listeners what that's all about? Yeah, uh, Embrace Farm was set up by Brian and Norma Rohan in, uh, they were from Abbey Leaks. Brian's father was killed in a farm accident Mm. and he was working on a piece of machinery and a piece of it fell, uh, hit him on the head. And uh, ended up died three or four days later in the hospital, you know. Yeah. So what they've seen is there was no organization there that helped people, you know, from the farming background, whether it was a fatality or a serious injury like myself. So I'm on the board of Embrace as well. Okay. What we do is we help any farm family that's struggling kind of after the death or a serious injury on the farm. We do uh, run weekends where we'll bring in a psychiatrist to talk, facilitate the weekend, and just to put everything kind of into, I suppose, context, you know, what's happened, what's going on, uh, trying to advocate for them if they need kind of assistance with the Department of Agriculture Mm. and kind of how to sort out the family farm at home. You know, there's people there that have given their time freely to us and we'll put them in contact with them to give them advice as well. well. That's invaluable you to know. people. You know, you didn't yeah. you didn't have that when it happened to you? Or, no. No. Do you know? I didn't have it. It wasn't there available. It wasn't there. So, so like, I can only imagine yeah. how helpful at such a hard time of people's lives that that would yeah. be for them, you know? And is it, does that tie yeah. into the whole Bank of Ireland thing? Because I, as I was saying to you, I rang Peter there a few weeks ago. I said, Peter, what are you doing in the Bank of Ireland all over the plaster <laughs> the place? There's pictures of them everywhere. How does that tie in? Is that Witten for Embrace uh, Farm? Yeah, Bank, Bank of Ireland give us uh, substantial money just kind of to run the facilities. We run a survivor's group. We meet bi-monthly. And if you look at the picture there, there's Kevin there as well, Kevin lost two legs in a farm accident in Australia. So between the two of us, we've only one good leg, <laughs> and my leg doesn't look that good either. You know, yeah. so like we have three prosthetics. Yeah. Um, between the two, about is like yeah, well, we meet and we'll just tell lads where where we find the best prosthesis in the country is at the moment. You know, like we'll rate them ourselves, kind of, and kind of giving them help to go back and get help going forward. 
uh, what's out there, like, you know, with the DAI drivers, uh, yeah. you know, like uh, the grants that's there for the different people, mm. uh, the blue badge, you know, how often they need to upgrade it. Yeah. So we're always giving them kind of assistance, telling them what's going on. And I know that we're going to have you coming in shortly to do a talk with us in Galway that's County right. Council. Yeah. And they're, you know, kind of with the the app there, the mobility app, kind of or the mob uh, for the different parking yeah. facilities that's in the, the different D- towns, that, That's called know, the, the DDA Space Finder app. And that basically, that's an app whereby yeah. people can see if wheelchair accessible parking spots are available yeah. or unavailable. And um, that's available at the moment in Limerick and in uh, Dunleary right down in Dublin. It's also yeah. going to be in Dublin City and spread across the country. So that's that's a really good thing. So look, yeah. the work you're doing in Embrace Ireland, Embrace Farm, sorry, is, is really, really, really important for people. And it's, a, it's an amazing. Yeah. And fair play, fair play to Bank of Ireland for stumping up a few, Bob, okay. for that. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you have know, to... Like, it's brilliant because like what we try to do is meet in a hotel and then we kind of go for something to eat. Like the first event that we held, remembering that loan, you know, like ended up, we sat down after the meal. The event ran from about two until about six, hmm. went for something to eat around half six. And would you credit it that not one left the table until about 11.30 that night. Oh, that's great. And there wasn't one bottle of alcohol consumed or mouthful of alcohol consumed during the whole yeah, it was all we cups of tea. Five hours, you know, <laughs> cups of tea and sandwiches, just, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and everyone talking about their situation, what was going on, and yeah. you know, we made good friends. I had, you know, like excellent. Yeah, and I can be, it can be so, so helpful for people in that position to get that information. That's just like you know, so helpful for them. And that you mentioned there when you were talking about the Disabled Drivers Association, and and I did mention at the start of this that you are a board member of the DDAI, and I work with you on various projects and we're at meetings now and again. So I wanted to ask you, how did you get involved with the DDAI and, and how did you become a board member? Or? Well, I suppose, you see, before we became a board member of DDAI, we set up another organisation there to help people with disabilities called Physical Impairment Ireland National. And what we just wanted to be able to do was to put the perspective of what was going on with the disabled parking spots, you know, like... And, yeah, the uh, abuse of it. Abuse of it, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, what we found is, like, uh, so I just contacted Ken and Martin Morden brought me in to a meeting, and the next thing I became the secretary with you guys. Yeah. Like, I find it very helpful in the sense that we're all thinking on the same hymn sheet, kind of, you know, all yeah. thinking from the same hymn sheet. Yeah. And when you have the likes of DDAI behind you going in to meet the council, it's powerful because... DDAI is recognized by the government and recognized by the council, you know? Yeah. And uh, when you're in there, like, like I remember we did an audit in the likes of La Rey, Take It Town, and we weren't happy with the way the uh, disabled parking space, some of them were laid out and the way some of them, they weren't even painted. They were mm. just, the paint had faded on them, you know, like and wow. the feedback we were getting from the guards, the guards didn't want to give a ticket out because when it went to court, you know, like if they give a ticket to the person for parking in it, ended up that the uh, person would go to court and fight it. And yeah. they would just turn around and say, Your Honor, should we didn't see it was a disabled parking spot. Oh, yeah. Now to spade it, you see, yeah. so they got away with it. Yeah, yeah, Instead yeah. of getting the 150 euro fine, they ended up getting only a 40 euro fine. Yeah, because the barrister uh, solicitor was cute enough to 
That'll get them out of it that way. But at the time I was going pushing kind of, this was just maddening me. Mm. And uh, I was saying, well, why don't the guards go back and get the solicitors on board Mm. or the judges and say to the judge, well, hold on, your honor. If he couldn't see this, maybe this guy is a danger on the road. <laughs> maybe we should be getting an eyesight check. Should have well. gone to Specsavers yeah. kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know yeah. had a good point. <laughs> yeah, so like what I was doing was trying to make it harder for the guys to use this as a get out of jail clause, you know, mm. free kind of. You I know, know, I know. And, you know, uh, I suppose then, you see, we followed on with Galway County Council uh, that Galway County Council sent around a survey and 139 applied to it. And I remember one of the women coming back to me and she says, Pete, it's almost as if you filled this out. And I said, right. what do you mean? She says, it's exactly what you were saying to us. Yeah. And I says, well, it was the disabled parking space, the enforcement, lack of enforcement around it. A lot of the places were being abused by people. And it followed on then that we actually did a walk and audit of the town with some of the councillors or the uh, engineers in the council. And I remember we pulled up outside one place where there was a the bank and outside the bank, there's a disabled parking spot. And one guy drove in his big fancy Jeep and he says, oh, I'm only using it for one minute. Mm. I was yeah. like, that could be the one minute that any person with a disability, a blue yeah. badge holder. Well, that's the favourite excuse it. given, yeah. Yeah. And like, and I remember even driving around, like showing the council, like is uh, where there was a tree planted right beside a disabled parking spot. Yeah, you know, or you'd see poles or anything. Yeah, they, they so don't I think. Them, yeah, mm. yeah. It's Look not at a... me now, trying to get out of this jeep. Yeah. I opened the door, and straight away the door was hitting up against yeah. the tree. Yeah, now exactly. it couldn't move forward because there was a walkway in front of it yeah. and I couldn't reverse back because there was a car park behind me. Yeah. So I said, lads, it's not big enough for me. It's not suitable. Can we move the disabled parking spot back to the next place or move the tree? Absolutely. So, and look, I think that's, you know, and I said this to you privately as well, I think, I think that audit is an amazing and a fantastic thing to do. And it's something that I'm going to get involved with with you. And we're gonna we we've a town earmarked to do it. Yeah. I won't say the town name yet because I haven't. Yeah. It's not organised. But we're, go, we're going to go and do that. And I think it should be done throughout Ireland. That there's an audit done of every town. It should be an village. audit done. Yeah. yeah. Like and, what I see is even parking spots in with say private car parks, right? Mm. Or buildings that were built, and they're all building them to plan and permission standards. They're putting yeah. in the disabled parking space, you know. But. They're not fit for purpose no, they're because not. they're not wide enough. Not at all. They're not long enough. No. You know, like, and yeah. it's, it's not until, like, you hear the stories where, uh, I remember the one in the one town that we did an audit in where um, a person with a disability parked in the disabled parking spot. And between that car and the next car, someone jammed their car basically in between them. Yes. And squeezed in. Oh, so Lord. when the guy came back to his car, he couldn't get in no. to the car because no. he couldn't open the door. And he didn't have the luxury of being able to get in through the passenger side. No. He was he didn't have because of the Maybe disability. Enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, ended up that the people were drinking coffee on a table the other side. Mm, and he yeah. had to wait for 20 minutes for them to come back. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Now, look, it happens up and down the country. So, look, I wonder what, I'd like to move on to. Speaking of driving and parking and all that kind of stuff, I suppose part of it, you were off the road for a good while, let's say, following the accident. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and and like did it take you long to get because you damaged the right leg as well so like say if it was just if you hadn't damaged the right leg then the left leg 
obviously you would, uh, an automatic would be okay, but how long did it take you to get back driving? It was a couple of months. Because I was going from, you know, like uh, back into an automatic, and that was the only thing I was allowed to drive. Of course. I did have to do an assessment through the inner hitch, you know, yeah, like, yeah. and yeah. I remember the guy saying to me, sure, you're well able to drive an automatic. I says, I know. I drove them in America, yeah, you know, yeah. and we had an automatic at home anyway, sure. you know, so yeah. it wasn't something new to me. Yeah. Um, look, I suppose for insurance purposes, they needed it. You wanted to make sure that we were able to drive it, but they needed that piece of information. When I did come home, you know, the driving was, you know, my wife was bringing the kids everywhere and yeah. anywhere. Yeah. So I ended up now, I was able to fulfill those duties, bring them to train and bring them to see their friends, bring them, you know, to Irish. Yeah, the normal stuff where they needed to go yeah, and all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but I'd say when you couldn't drive, it was, you you, you, you kind of, it was one of the things that you really wanted to get back to. And I'm sure it was, uh, it, yeah. Huge like you see, uh, the biggest thing is uh, stuck above in Dunleary, you know, like in fairness, I always got a lift up to it or a lift home. Mm-hmm. But, you wanted your independence because you were so long, you know, like yeah, exactly. I was over 25 years driving a car, you know, like, and mm. now all of a sudden it's pulled from under you and you're not allowed to drive. Yeah, no, it's, it's a huge thing. And you have to get back, you know, how do you do it? Or, you know, you were always used to just hopping and get the keys, hopping into the car and driving off, exactly. you know, so, yeah. so I, I suppose I, the blue badge has made life a lot easier for for me anyway. Being able to park close to, to amenities that yeah. you can just, yeah, and that's what they're there yeah. for. Um, well, yeah, hop out and get into them. So listen, I've got a question. I have a question from our previous guest, uh, which who was Nikki Bradley, and and Nikki asked this question to ask of you. So she said, when you finally got back behind the wheel, was there a standout location that you wanted to go to? Uh, I suppose up to the far fields. <laughs> to the farm and see. Uh, yeah. field at the end of the farm like it was about a mile and a half from yeah. my home place you know it was no kind of field or farm mm. um, but there's hills on it mm. and I was able to when you go up on top of the hills on a clear day you know you could drive mm. up to them you could look up onto the uh, clear you could see Loch Derg from the field as well, you know, Beautiful. Tipperary, you yeah. can look out into Offaly, you can look back in towards Roscommon, you know, yeah. so it something that I want, it's not very high, but still, yeah. it's something I wanted to be able to do and just to, to so have you, that freedom again. When you, when, you were lying, when you were lying above in the bed in the NRH, you were thinking of this hill and looking out over the farm yeah, yeah. and when am I going to get back to that? Yeah, yeah, well, that makes sense. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, I was um, looking, you see, when you were looking out the window, because we were on the top floor above it, you were looking out at concrete jungle. Yeah. And I suppose, uh, you know, teach is different. I suppose some people that live in Dublin, that's what they'd be used to. They'd want to see the spire yeah. or Crow Park or, you know, Whatever, something yeah, in the distance with the mountains. But whereas I kind of wanted just to see that. It was just the freedom and the uh, yeah, fresh air. Makes again, sense. You know, makes, makes you sense. Know, makes sense. To be able to look at. So, come here, Peter, what, what's your passion in life? I suppose the big passion has gone around doing these talks on safety at the moment. Mm. Um, you know, like, and it's meeting new people, uh, telling them my story and listening to their stories. Yeah. You know, what I find is that you go in, you talk, and uh, I remember above in Donegal one time giving a talk, and uh, I personally don't think I said anything different than normally talk, mm. but uh, this man jumped up. And he says, I know what that man's talking about. That man's telling the truth. And it was only a small, there was only about 25, 30 people in the room, you know, a small meeting. Mm. And he had his son and daughter beside him. And uh, the kind of, he says, do you mind if I say a few words? And I says, I don't have a problem. I just have to ask the organizer, sorry. 
And uh, they said, yeah, yeah, no problem, no problem. So the guy, first time he spoke, that he had an accident on his farm. He had to leave the farm for a certain length of time, go to hospital, and his son was killed in a farm accident. Now, his son and daughter that were sitting beside him, they never heard the story. It was never discussed. So this was the first time in 30, 40 years that they spoke about it. You know, now don't ask me what I said, trigger him off, but I suppose he just heard my story and he could relate to it. And it was interesting to hear it, you know, and I suppose for the family to be kind of told what was going on as well, you know. So I suppose the final question then is, is what is your question for the next guest? As I said to you earlier, it would be Seamus, Seamus Reedy, a fellow board member. Yeah, okay. Um. I suppose for Seamus, what I'd love to hear is how he got on driving in France. Yeah, okay. Because he probably was out at the rugby, you know, like, uh, I suppose the question, if it was a new person like me, how did it affect them, their family or the community? Yeah. Well, listen, thanks a million for joining me today on this episode of My Driving Force and continued success in helping the farming community about staying safe on the farm. The work you do is invaluable. All right. So listen, good to talk to you and we'll be in touch soon. Thank you, Richard. Thank you for listening to this episode of My Driving Force podcast. Please remember to follow us on your favorite podcast platform. And don't forget to spread the word to anyone you think might be interested in hearing more. In our next podcast, I will be talking to Seamus Reedy. Seamus has recently returned from spending two months in France following the Irish rugby team. As a wheelchair user, Seamus is going to talk to me about traveling the highways and byways of France on his own, from paying the tolls to booking wheelchair accessible hotel rooms. Seamus is also a DDI board member and friend of mine. So if you are interested in finding out more about the Disabled Drivers Association and the services we offer, please visit www.ddai.ie. Or if you would like to contact me for any reason, please email me on podcast at ddai.ie. Thanks again for listening and have a great day, whatever you get up to.